Cause I've been housing all this doubt and insecurity that I've been locked inside that house. All while you hold the key, I've been dying to get out. And that might be the death of me. And there's no way of knowing where to go. I promise I'm going because I gotta get out of here. I'm stuck inside this rut that I fell into by mistake I gotta get out of here And I'm begging you, I'm begging you, I'm begging you to be my escape Hey everyone, Danny here. Uh, as most of you may have heard by now, Reliant K announced that their opening act for the Amya tour will be similar. And Semler's full name is Grace Semler Baldridge, and she is an amazing queer Christian music artist and filmmaker. So there's been a lot of excitement in the LGBTQ plus section of the Reliant K fandom, and there's also been anger from others. And this is all stuff that we plan to talk about more in depth on regular weekly episodes in the future. But what we wanted to do was repost this conversation we had had with Semler back in October of 2020 on episode 71, which was for the song, Which to Bury Us or the Hatchet. This conversation was back before Semler's breakout EPs, Preacher's Kid and Late Bloomer were even released. Uh, we had asked her to be on the podcast because of her TikTok, where she had had this project called Reliant Gay back in 2020, where she was covering Reliant K songs in the context of reclaiming them as a queer Christian music artist and as a fan of Reliant K. Uh, we'll go into more of that in the conversation when it replays, but this episode was before Semler had really blown up as a music artist in her own right, so our discussions focus on those TikTok covers and her filmmaking. But I just wanted to mention some context for replaying this interview, that it's a bit of a time capsule to show how Semler playing on the Mnyator, Mnyator, Mnya, is it's not out of nowhere. It is not Reliant K deciding overnight to queer bait. It is not Reliant K just deciding to shirk their faith, which is not true. <laughs> it's just absolute bullshit. It's neither of those. I hope that this old conversation uh, will just kind of show that there has been a trajectory trajectory for gay, queer, and trans fans of Reliant K and how the band has supported these fans and how they have been supported and they have been there for a while. Uh, up until Semler appeared on the podcast, when we we're going to talk about this in the conversation, but we have talked about for years the fact that a lot of the Reliant K fandom today is LGBTQ+, and it has been that way for a while, and people who did not realize that, and we didn't realize that until we started this podcast, but people who didn't realize that probably may have thought that this came out of left field, but it absolutely did not. This is the Reliant K fandom today. This is the world today, and this is Christianity today. Uh, you know, I, I just, I don't know how much more I can get into it, because we've admitted a hundred times on this podcast, we're not theologians, but I know what is right and I know what that love is love and gay rights are human rights and that's all I'll say about that for now we're gonna get into this conversation again this is from October of 2020 and just one other thing to put in context here is that Semler was an amazing guest 
on the show. And I don't think I did a great job <laughs> running the conversation. Jessica was actually not available at the time. Um, I try to be today a better ally. Uh, and I believe I've always been a good ally, but I just have never had the correct vernacular. Uh, I've, I've, you hear me struggling a couple times to say the right things and to say, use the right kind of words, but those that vocabulary has not always been with me. And if Jessica was here, she could help me with that so much better. Um, but, you know, as much as this may kind of show how there is this trajectory for similar to be opening for Reliant K and how there's this trajectory for LGBTQ plus fans of Reliant K to be proud of Reliant K and to love this band. There's a trajectory of me hopefully being a little bit better of a podcaster over time. I talk about ourselves so much to similar. I wish I had had better context to ask her more questions, but she's an amazing guest when I actually shut up and she speaks it's an amazing conversation. So uh, we're excited for the tour. We hope we are still coming to Boston and Orlando. And yeah, just check this out. And I also want to mention, don't forget to go subscribe to the Reliable J podcast. Uh, the other podcast about Reliant K, the original one that was around before us, which is hosted by Josh. He uh, is going to have a new episode discussing everything that's going on with this similar being added to the um yeah tour so that's a much more vital podcast and conversation that you'll definitely want to check out on the topic of similar opening for um yeah this is just as i said meant to sort of detail how similar has absolutely earned her place beyond a doubt earned the spot to open for reliant k like this was ordained <laughs> let's put it that way this was ordained to happen and we and i mean couldn't be prouder couldn't be happier that this is happening for similar so please check out this conversation and just ignore uh me and listen to her i tried to move you you just wouldn't budge i tried to hold your hand you'd rather hold your grudge i think you know what i'm getting at you say goodbye and i so I didn't realize that you live right here in Los Angeles. Oh, do you live in LA also? Yeah, we do too. Yeah. Oh, I didn't like, I, I just realized like, oh crap, I should have looked at your biography. <laughs> like it's the, like I was preparing for today. I was checking out the Reliant Gay videos and I was listening to your own music. And it was like the last thing I thought like, oh, I could just read your website, like your bio or whatever. And I'm like, oh, you live in Los Angeles. So when I asked you what time zone you were in, that's why I wasn't even entirely sure where you were. But yeah, no, I really appreciate that, though, because I feel like since we're all like on Zoom and everything these days, I've fully like been late to meetings where we haven't clarified the time zone. Right. Mortifying where someone's like, oh, like 4 p.m. And I'll be like, sure. And I'm planning my whole day around like 4 p.m. And then 1 p.m. I get a where are you text or email <laughs> right. and which which is just bone chilling to receive. Yeah. Like, yeah. What do you mean? Where am I? <laughs> yeah, it's like a. Yeah, it's a slightly more like, you know, when you see an ad for a festival or like a convention or something and they don't specify where it is. And you're like, oh, this sounds really cool. But then you have to dig to even figure out what city it's in. Yeah. It's like that problem, but times a million because it's actually directly affecting relationships. Like yeah. people aren't thinking, it's mention the time zone. 
My yeah. new philosophy is I just restate things to probably an annoying degree. Okay. Where I'll be like, yes, I will speak to you then on this day, parentheses <laughs> with the numbers, like at this time, PST, like just to be like really clear. Right. Um, so, oh, so, you know, as far as like the, the outline of this that I was thinking was, um, actually first I should ask you, what should I call What What do you like to, to be called at least as far as like on the podcast or what I should do? Yeah. Is it Grace? Um, can, is it? Yeah, you can call me Grace. Yeah, but you can just call me Grace. I'm a musician and I also, uh, produce and host like documentaries and unscripted content. Is like okay. What I- uh, so now we're joined by, uh, Grace, and I just asked you what to call it, what I sh- how I should, what name I should use, because you have a bunch of different names and projects and stuff. It's but, so confusing. I'm sorry. Uh, it's but, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> Well, I've recently talked to a bunch of our listeners on Zoom calls because we're doing this like big call-in deathbed episode because it's such a huge song to talk about. So like that's been a barrier of like, what do I call you by your real name or your Twitter name that I usually <laughs> talk to like. <laughs> Yeah. So many extra names. And then God forbid somebody changes their screen name or their avatar. And I'm basically like lost track of them. Even yeah. though they're right there, I've lost track of them for a while. So <laughs> It's true, especially with avatars, because I'm a visual learner. So I sort right. of like keep track of like my friends. I'm like, oh, this person has this bluish icon or something like that. I can recognize it when it pops up. So when it's changed, I'm like, who are you? How right. could you just <laughs> So um, I think so. Every so people may know you. Our listeners may be aware of you from the Reliant Gay project, and uh, your music is similar. It's just called yeah. similar, right? Yeah. So my full name is Grace Semler Baldridge, and as Grace Baldridge, I produce and host documentary series um, like State of Grace, which was for Refinery Twenty Nine about the intersection of religion and different social issues. And under my middle name Semler, I make um, really sad and creepy folk music. And currently, <laughs> April, <laughs> that's our dog. Come here. I should have warned you. This was a guarantee that she no. would want to get on the podcast. <laughs> no, I, that's amazing that that's true because my, one of my dogs may do the exact same thing shortly. April, come here. Come here. Unfortunately, my co-host, my wife is not here today to like soothe the dog when this kind of stuff happens. So she's just across the room and will not stop. April, she's, we, we refer to her as our audio engineer for the podcast. I, that's so, you know, we have, we have two dogs. My wife and I have two dogs. We have a, an older, very sweet pit bull who's wonderful and quiet. And then we have a, a rambunctious chihuahua and I refer to him as my producer because like, oh, okay. usually when I'm like in this, this is my office. Like when I'm in my office, like doing anything, he'll like, he's like, I need to be in here. Like I'm producing this record or like, how dare you mix this song without me? Right. <laughs> I deeply relate. Well, ours is half Chihuahua, half Dachshund. So it must be something in that breed that. <laughs> you need to show me April. I okay. have the same dog. Okay. Hold on one second. Let me grab her. <laughs> here she comes. <laughs> oh my gosh she's so cute wait i'm gonna show you our dog it's we have the same type of animal okay i feel like i understand you on a very deep level now <laughs> we haven't even gotten into reliant right. I, like I totally get you um why can i not find a photo usually my phone is only photos of my dogs i don't know why i cannot find where is bean oh yeah okay this is this is my dog bean He'll probably come in oh, here. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> the, same, the same deal. 
Okay, you gonna you gonna be professional, April? There you go. Okay, <laughs> I just put it down. I just put her down back on the ground. Um, yeah, so she's part of our we she's part of our like promotions for the podcast as well. We put pictures of her in there and stuff, and she's on our uh, our Twitter. What do you call it? Banner and all mm -hmm. that stuff. So she's she's an integral part of our projects as well. <laughs> um, so. So yeah, so uh, you you first came across our radar because I joined the Reliant K Discord, and yeah. they were talking about Reliant K on there, and it hit at like the perfect time because we've been doing this podcast for a little over a year, about a year and four months, and from like early on when we started, because we're both were raised Christian, my wife and I, we were not part of like looking back now, we were not part of any kind of evangelical churches like I had more um I kind of fell in with some evangelical type churches like in my high school years but it was really like in the last you know with the with social media and everything and connecting with people in the last like say five or six years that I was like oh that's what evangelical culture is like or even like just the zeitgeist right now politically like actually understanding what kind of churches other people dealt with like my wife and I had very much more like um laid back churches and and their viewpoints on like homosexuality or you know persecuting people of certain you know like not believing in human rights and that kind of stuff like yeah. our churches growing up didn't just didn't touch on that subject I mean you can assume what they thought back then but they just didn't touch on it just at least not with us kids so when we started this and that's where we came from going into this project of talking about every Reliant K song. And when we started, we had no idea what kind of audience we would be getting, right? So we were like, well, we're not gonna hide our political views. We're not gonna try to cater to anyone. And I have seen like things where people pop up and they're like, I discovered a Reliant K podcast, cool. And then they seem to like disappear immediately. <laughs> but it is so, um, we had been for the last year, like having no idea what a Reliant K social media audiences like in 2019 2020 uh we started to see like the lbgt uh audience we started to find that stuff particularly like the last half of every podcast we do is looking on youtube for like fan works like music videos and covers and stuff and so we would find a bunch of like uh you know like shipping videos for you know gay ships for shows and stuff and we're like okay that's amazing yeah and then then i finally started cracking just finding some people on twitter who were specifically like gay christians or stuff like that and would have that in their bio and we're relying we're relying k fans there's also this like very small meme called the 12 gays of christmas we discovered which is that apparently the relying k's 12 days of christmas is a big like male stripper song like i don't know if stripper might not be the right word but a big like male burlesque kind of thing like a big sh like a big sh song to play at like male strip clubs apparently it's because there's multiple videos on youtube of that song being used around christmas time so it's like this whole meme of like people doing different kinds of dances to that song usually like suggestive and stuff like that so we're like okay there's definitely something here there's an audience here as far as like that but we just we're, we're trying to figure it out 
like who are the people who are, you know, part of the LBGT community and like Reliant K. And we had no context for that because um, I'm talking too much about myself. I won't ask you stuff. <laughs> I'm no, just giving you no, the background on our show. It's fascinating to like yeah. hear about all the research that you've done and the different sort of um, communities and sub communities of Reliant K fans that you've stumbled upon. I yeah. had no idea that Reliant Gay was mentioned on the Reliant K Discord, and I okay. was just like, I'm so honored. Okay, <laughs> I've been trying to get into Discord um, since quarantine. It seems like a cool way to connect with people, but it also feels like a bit intimidating. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I like, agree very like that's super cool that um people on platforms that i'm not even participating in have like like carried this over and want to um talk about what we're doing because we are kind of making it up as we go but there mm -hmm. absolutely is an affinity within the queer community to reliant gay sorry reliant k um <laughs> both i hope um yeah I think that that's been like really exciting because it kind of feels like this this moment at least right now through TikTok, there's a bunch of us going like, wait, you too? You too? Like, I thought this was just right. like a thing. I didn't know there were like other people that went through the same formative years, but alas, of course we must have because Reliant K was a huge band, even outside of Christian circles. Like they right. were, they were major. And so it's been really affirming to find other people that have this very niche, but shared experience. Right. So I guess we didn't say for anyone listening who doesn't know, but um, can you explain? It's it's basically a cover band that yeah. you, I just realized we didn't actually set up yeah, what the Reliant Gay project is. Yeah. Sure. So um, I tweeted out um, like as a joke some like three or four weeks ago that we should put an all queer Reliant K slash Switchfoot cover band together to tour the country and um, do right by kids that were done wrong by their youth group or their church camp. And a bunch of people like retweeted it and liked it. And I do not do well on Twitter. So I noticed that I was okay. like, Oh, this seems to be hitting. None of my other takes are working, but sure. <laughs> let's explore this. Mm. And so then I put out a cover of be my escape that I just like recorded on my USB mic at home. Um, and I put it out with like blank space built in there so that people could duet it on TikTok. And when you duet on TikTok, it's basically like you are singing along with the person um, that's made the original video. You get to kind of do like side by side videos and I left a blank space. So I'm like, you sing this part. And we did that and it was super fun. And I started just saying that we're gonna really do this cover band and it's gonna be called Reliant Gay and we're really gonna do it even though it's a pandemic and live music is the right. last thing that's gonna come back. Um, but since then, uh, it's really picked up in a way that I think has been incredibly inspiring of just other people with this very similar experience and foundation in contemporary Christian music from the early aughts and we're all finding each other. And right now I'm kind of doing this queer Christian cover band project where I put out a new cover for the purposes of TikTok duets every week until I have to stop because I need to work on my own music too. But okay. <laughs> right now I'm gonna do it every week. That's great. That's cool. So I, I watched some of, the, some of the videos you post on TikTok talking about basically some of the same stuff you said. And, um, I guess you and you do documentaries, right? You do unscripted documentaries and you had done one, I guess, correct me if I'm wrong, but maybe you were on this subject of like 
people who were maybe harmed by their churches because of their identities, maybe? And yeah. then you went to interview a Christian label and had a little trouble there? Yeah. So prior to uh, COVID, I hosted a documentary series called State of Grace, which was all about the intersection of faith and different social issues in American life. And um, our last episode before quarantine was about the Christian music industry. And I was just curious about like, who are the gatekeepers to this industry? We know that whenever there's an exchange of money that compromises are going to be made. So in an industry where the foundation is faith, what do those compromises look like? Um, I think that the Christian music industry for a long time has sort of positioned themselves as beyond any sort of reproach or criticism because they're like, no, 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 we're, we're Jesus people. We're the good guys. Mm -hmm. And that veneer has never um, been authentic to me because I know from my own personal experience and also from the many people that we interviewed and all the research that we did leading up to that episode, that indeed there is a great deal of gatekeeping and there's certain theology within the Christian music industry that works and there's certain theologies that do not. Mm -hmm. And there's certain perspectives that they want a platform and there are others that they just want to absolutely, um, I guess, ignore to put it lightly or oppress to be more harsh. Right. So that was our final episode. So I guess that Christian music and all this music that sort of raised me as a kid was front of mind when we started going into quarantine. And I don't know about you, but when quarantine hit, I started like reverting back into like the comfort of nostalgia. Uh -huh. so I was kind of thinking about all these old, all these old bands, old TV shows, anything I found comforting in a confusing time. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's why a lot of people have been doing this as well. And like, oh my gosh, Reliant K, like, I haven't thought about them in so long because I kind of thought that they hated me because they're associated with um, a lot of harmful teachings of, I would say, mainstream Christianity, or at least like Christianity that like buys the most airtime, let's say. Right. Yeah. Um, from doing this podcast, we've kind of connected with a lot of other podcasts that, or I've listened, whether we've become friends with them or I've just listened to other podcasts that are on a similar subject of, you know, Christian rock and um what i basically have found is that the like this this piety of that the labels present that you were kind of talking about for the most part doesn't exist with for most of the artists like most of the artists were like hind felt hindered by what what was put upon them right like i do a lot of uh i mean it's a pretty obvious one that i think a lot of people can understand but i do a lot of mxpx like social media stuff in my spare time <laughs> Cool. And um, <laughs> April. April loves MXPX. Lone <laughs> MXPX fan, April. Yeah. So, I mean, everyone can kind of like know that like they, MXPX was kind of one of the first big bands to be like, we're not a Christian band or, or like just kind of like gently skirt that and not really want to talk about it and stuff like that. But then as you listen to more interviews, if you hear more interviews with, which as I've heard more interviews with, um, other Christian punk artists and stuff. They're like, yeah, we just wanted to, you know, they just were encumbered by like this lifestyle that they kind of had to pretend like just, they couldn't drink a beer after a show. Even if they were in their thirties, they had to present it as if they're like, you know, yeah. And, and like, and like kid people who were basically kids, like teenagers and early twenties in punk bands who suddenly have to pretend that they're ministers, even though they really are just, there to play their music you know yeah. so i think that like i think april there's also construction going on upstairs so that doesn't help <laughs> come here hey come here come here no she's like no i don't want to um 
So, uh, so yeah, like that. And, and another thing I learned recently from like, there's an official tooth and nail podcast. <laughs> one second. There is. I need to listen. Oh yeah. One second. Come here. I'm going to have to hold you the whole time now. Hi, April. <laughs> She's, she smells like summer sweat, so I don't really want to be holding her right here. She needs a bath. <laughs> uh, there's an official Tooth and Nail podcast, and it's called Labeled. And I recently learned from that that, like, especially at the height of their reliance on Christian bookstores, like, they basically, their rule book was like the Southern Baptists something like the most they would start at the most conservative level as far as or the Christian bookstores <laughs> were held to that April <laughs> yeah. so like that was that was the rule set that they had to work from whereas any other especially as you learned about the history of Christian punk like it starts in California people who were much more liberal-minded people who weren't judgmental and you know it, but then slow as like Christianity is taken over by sort of, you know, mainline Christianity becomes more and more openly conservative. Then like that stuff gets pushed aside, even though the artists are coming from a place of love and acceptance and, and inclusion, like, you know, the, the, it seems like it's the labels really that kind of push that agenda that kind of exclude people. Well, because Lifeway bookstores, those like Christian bookstores, that is their lifeline because I mean, I don't know. I've been thinking about this a lot, Danny, about like, how did we get here? How did Christian music, honestly, I think, regress to what it is now? Because we remember this era of like Reliant K, MXPX, Tooth & Nail Records, like everything that you're mentioning right now is bringing back such very like vivid and colorful memories of music that I was allowed to listen to because it was Christian music, but it was still so creative and it felt like it was still like challenging me and and talking about things that were real and there was, there was an authenticity to it. And now when you listen to Christian music, it feels like just such a farce. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if you watched the full episode of the state of grace episode where we went to do Christian music and look into that, but we set ourselves a challenge myself with another uh, former Christian artist of writing a worship song in 10 minutes. I'm not saying it was an amazing song, but we did it in nine minutes. Like you can water metaphors. You can write this repetitive music. That's really not saying anything that is not inspiring anything. And it's because I think that as Christian music became more openly conservative, it started sort of uh, shutting out their audience of people who were like thrashy, gnarly creatives who were identifying with this more expressive genre. They were like, no, no, we don't, we don't want you guys anymore. It's for branding wise, we're going to do the soccer moms in the van. And I know like that is a verbatim thing that was said to me when I was in Nashville. It's the Mm -hmm. moms driving the car. They have a whole family structure that within Christian music, they're like, this is who we market to. And they market to the mom driving the kids to and from the car. And this is the type of music that she listens to. And that's why it's no accident that around like the 2010s, I would say, you mm-hmm. started every single band, even the ones that were like really like throwing down and like raging, started putting out worship records because right. that was the mandate from the labels because that's what the mom driving the car was listening to because they basically just kind of gave up on the kids because we were saying, you know what, we want to be more progressive. We want to be more inclusive. These rules don't make sense. The word homosexual didn't even appear in the Bible until 1946. We're having some questions here and they're like, you can just shut up. <laughs> right. 
no, you don't exist anymore. Never mind. Forget you. Right. So now we're just sort of here in limbo. Like, wait, wait, wait. What happened? We still have these questions, and they're just hoping that if we if they ignore us for long enough, that we'll just go away and forget about all this music and these experiences that raised us and these conferences that we went to. Like, if we just ignore your questions. But the exciting thing about social media is that actually we're all finding each other and we're more powerful than ever. Like Toby Mac is ignoring the hell out of this cover, but I know that it's the first thing that comes okay. up when you type his name in Twitter right now. So okay. you can ignore us all you want, but you should be able to say gay rights and not be worried about like losing your sponsorship. It's just human rights. Right. Damn. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I, that's like I said, like when we started doing this project, I was like, who's our particular audience? And we might get a listener right away and then lose them right away. But, you know, I don't want to, I wouldn't ever want to sell short of the things that I actually believe and think. And maybe it was, was it, I wonder if it was easier in the 90s for these, because I don't know, I, I actually lost that train of thought. But basically I was thinking like, there's this Christian punk that like, say like Five Iron Frenzy, who kind of would brush on the idea of homophobia. And unfortunately, when you go back and look at those songs, it's, it's still baked in the idea of homosexuality is sin, but we shouldn't judge people for sin. But it's, even though that's wrong by, you know, under, it was wrong then and it's wrong, it's wrong now, but it, to even think that there's a song that even says that in a Christian bookstore, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, and basically was it like, you know, I mean, I know because I had a high school teacher who was a Christian, who was like a Christian heavy metal guy when he was in the seventies and eighties. And he was used to the idea that like mainline Christianity of the seventies and eighties hated the fact that they were doing heavy metal because they thought like the, the music itself was inherently evil, you know, as mm -hmm. opposed to the message, like the messages couldn't have possibly been more Christian. So then slowly like Christian metalcore and punk and, all this stuff gets kind of accepted in this corner of mainline Christian Christian music industry and stuff. But then maybe the ideas start to get too radical and they start to push it back out and they're like, no, we're done with this. And those bands kind of go off and either they want to stay in the mainstream Christian thing. So they basically match that or they just, they leave like they're slowly just like not signed by those labels anymore. And then those bands either, have records that like fully denounce things like actively like whether the members become atheist or something or they're still christian and they have more liberal ideas they have songs that attack that or like a band like mxpx who like if you dig in deep enough like you can figure out what they believe but they don't advertise what they do or don't believe anymore but they clearly like they just it, they just like what we believe isn't really your business so we just go forward playing our own music and making our own money and finding our own audience who like understands us. And we don't need like the Christian industry for that kind of stuff. So yeah. it's, it's interesting how it's all gotten to this point of where I'm sure a lot of people, when they think nostalgically, like you did at the beginning of quarantine of thinking like getting nostalgic for like, you know, Cornerstone and those festivals and those, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Cornerstone. <laughs> thinking about all that stuff and it's like where is that now and then you look into it and you're like oh there's no christian punk scene anymore oh it's all gone but it's there it's just like been they've been scattered to the wind and now they're like we're all kind of slowly finding each other again yeah in, well in i think it's brothers. because major christian labels and support and sponsors have just decided to not 
support them. I mean, right. that, I think that's really what it is, is like they sort of made their bed with like their their base of, um, I would say within the demographics that we're speaking about, it's mostly like women above the, white women above the age of like 35 to 40. Um, and that's who they're like focusing on and targeting with their music. And there's entire demographics that are just going entirely ignored. Um, and I think they just need to, as an industry, the Christian music industry should just be honest that they're like, we are, this is ideologically where we are and we are a monolith and you toe the line or you don't participate because I think what's like confusing. And I remember sitting down with, uh, sitting down with an executive at a major Christian label and introducing myself as I am still a Christian. I am still a person of faith. I'm a member of my church's vestry. I'm really bad. I haven't been to a meeting since like not even a zoom meeting in a while, but that's not the point. The point is, is that like, I am an active person of faith and I'm also gay and I'm also married and there are many other facets to my personality. And you could see the wheels in this guy's head were like, were like, what? No, absolutely not. And I think that they've just sort of decided to not acknowledge and put on horse blinders to to people that are that are interested or that were interested or that went through this music and I think it's absolutely their loss mm -hmm. and I'm excited that we are kind of picking up the slack because if they're going to dishonor our own humanity by by just cutting us off and shutting us out then like cool we maybe we don't even need you it would be nice to be included mm -hmm. and I would like that you know, I'd like to be in this together. I'd like to recognize that people within the same faith umbrella can hold very different views and we should all find common ground. But if you're not interested in that, then just be honest. Mm -hmm. And I yeah. think that that's like what's frustrating. And yeah, it's like, I don't know. I, I wonder how this all like shakes out, but I, I really feel as though what I'm hopeful for, and I think part of creating Queer Christian Cover Band and Reliant Gay is to put pressure on the artists who many of whom I believe line up with where so many of us are coming from and are like, no, we, we want to put on shows where everyone feels included and we want to put on shows and be honest with like, we support and affirm who you are and we're not anti-gay. And if you think that then like, Oh my gosh, let me set the record straight. And kind of what I'm trying to do with this project is like give that opportunity to artists, which many of whom have jumped on like the few members of Reliant K who reached out about the cover and were like, hey, I just want you to know, like, I love this project and I support you. And that is huge for kids like me to hear. Mm -hmm. it's, it's like life changing because you grow up to this music and then you stop listening to it because you assume that the members in the band, like, wouldn't like to be around you, which right. is like kind of a weird thing to feel. <laughs> like, I never think about that with secular artists. I never think about like, I wonder if Halsey would be my friend. Like, I don't, <laughs> right. I don't think about it. But I do with Christian artists because it's like, I, I hear, you know, DC Talk is the most recent example because that was my most recent cover. It's like, I just, like, I just feel like Kevin Max would be sick. He seems like a really awesome guy. He's interacted. He's been like, we love this project. And then I, I like wonder, I'm like, Toby, my friend, like, you were so cool growing up. And now I'm just like, I kind of just wonder, do you... Why are you so afraid of standing up for queer people? Right. 
is it money? It's got to be. And I, I understand that everyone has like mouths to feed and families to support, but it's definitely, um, it's just like a weird sort of reflection. Like when I met the lead singer of Jars of Clay for the documentary project, he was our final interview. I started crying because I was so, he's very affirming and loving and just like such a cool guy. And it like, I didn't realize how much that would mean to me to just hear that like, no, I, I support you. I don't want you to feel conflicted when you listen to my music. And right. I'm hopeful that we can get more moments like that and that that could inspire some pressure for the Christian music industry to just expand and grow their table. That's great. Yeah, I mean, that's, I wish I had more insight into this and it's so great to hear this all being said because it doesn't feel like there's a, like a channel, like a way to know about this point of view because most of my, most of my wife and I's friends are gay. Like that's the majority of our friends, but none of them come from like that kind of Christian background. And then everyone I knew growing up in my Christian school and my, and my churches and stuff, I didn't stay connected to them. So if any of them came out and had any kind of struggle, like unfortunately I've lost a connection with any of them. Um, but like we've always, because like the people, most of the people in our life, we love them. We want them to have everything that they deserve in life. We have felt, we've had a lot of trouble over the last couple of years, like finding a church. And actually you live in Los Angeles, so <laughs> you can help us with this. I just realized like we've been to a couple of churches where we're like, this church is nice, but where they stand on like gay rights and human rights and like everything like that. And then sometimes it feels like awkward to ask because it's just like, even though I never, like there's definitely times in my life where I was more homophobic than I'd ever want to admit just because I was like in that atmosphere. But like, I, I'm also kind of fortunate to have had that early church experience where it wasn't pushed on me. And, you know, then I had went to public school and I just television like taught me to, to love everybody more than some of the churches from my high school years, you know? Yeah. So, um, and then, so unfortunately, like I just got disconnected in these last couple of years of finding like a, a church that actually fully loves everyone that doesn't just say, oh, especially like the worst one is, well, is it, I don't know, I guess it's worse, but to be like, oh, you're welcome here, you know, just don't talk about it, or you're welcome here. Oh, yeah, but, that's the worst. Yeah. I, ra I have relationships, friendships with people who I know are not affirming. Not my right. best friends, but like, I know people who don't view my marriage to my wife as like, okay, they think, I don't know, I really don't, we don't go into details about it, because right. to remain on kind of good terms. Yeah. Um, and I would rather know where you stand and then we can sort of navigate that boundary in our relationship together. Mm -hmm. And what so many churches do, especially the quote unquote trendy ones here in LA where they don't, they just say like, everyone's welcome, like all are welcome. And then in the fine print, I wouldn't be able to hold a leadership position. I would not be able to be married or baptized in that church community. Mm -hmm. um, and the list goes on of the, second tier of belonging that I would be, that I would be ascribed because of who I am. Right. They don't advertise that. And I think that is more insidious. I just want like, I just want people to be clear on where they stand. And I think that this, we're, we're just meeting this pressure point now within Christian music where it's like, I, I'm so sick of the answer. Like, I love everybody. I'm like, well, that wasn't the question though. Like, no one asked you if you love everybody. It's such a meme at this point. It's like, just, can you say, just say gay rights 
and just see what happens. Right. And, you, and they'll be like, Good. they're like, no. <laughs> they like, they like, they all flustered. I'm like, just what happens if you say that? That's right. why, like, I I was just about to tweet before we got before we hopped on, and I was like, I always like, you know, I should definitely not tweet when I'm just uh, bored. That's never. <laughs> I, I wanted to be like the at Toby Mac say gay rights challenge, <laughs> just because I was thinking about this. But I'm like, no, leave leave the man alone. He seems very kind. I just wish that he would clarify some of his positions, and then we can move on. Right. Yeah. Well. Um... I feel this is great. I mean, this is great just to hear everything that you're working on and stuff. Is there anything else like um, as far as Reliant Gay goes and like your, your immediate plans for it or how people can get involved? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So definitely follow along. Um, I'm at Grace Baldridge on all social media and I'll be posting about um, the music and the covers as they come out. And then also um, please follow along because we have all intentions of going on a live, like four to five city tour. Um, hopefully, I mean, maybe next summer, who knows where we'll be then. Um, and obviously it would only be something that we would embark on safely, but we really do want to reclaim these songs. Reliant K is such a fun band. I mean, their music is just, it's, it, I've been listening to it more than ever now and it just doesn't really get old. It's super fun and energetic and we want to bring that to a space that is radically inclusive. And um, I'm hopeful that if anyone is interested in this project, they just follow on social media and it's kind of all I talk about these days. So you won't right. be able to. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Um... And I guess my last question, just to double, just to figure this out, is um, I had so in order to watch all of your videos because I saw the ones on Twitter. I'm pretty much just Twitter and Instagram, right? And then I discovered from the Discord about your project. You were tweeting about it, and I'm like, oh, it's a TikTok thing. And my my relationship to TikTok is just like if something's really funny or really interesting, it'll make its way to Twitter. Yeah, you know, or it'll make its way to Instagram. But I'm like, now I gotta get a TikTok because I want to watch like as many videos as yours as I could. So now I'm on TikTok. Um, like, I actually downloaded it when the first like time the president was like, well, "We're gonna ban it." I like, <laughs> oh, I immediately yeah. downloaded it just to like show some support. But I'm like, as far as creating a login, like maybe later. But finally created a login. Watch yourself. So, so is TikTok at the the media the, the place for this just because it has that interactive thing or yeah 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 it's just the for me it's just the best format to engage with people it's my favorite feature i think on any social media ever of just being able to see people respond and participate in what i create so we've had people like join in with a kazoo we've had people join in on the drums on a variety of different instruments adding in harmonies and I think that's why this kind of is a, is a project very unique to TikTok that I don't think I would have thought of um, if I hadn't downloaded the app and wasted so much time. <laughs> so much time, Danny. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's really. I only, I, I managed to only watch like three or four things other than yours. I managed to like, wow. I had a very, very busy day getting ready. Aside from the interview, I had a bunch of talking to you today. I had a bunch of regular work to do and all this thing, all these things. So I managed not to let it just time suck my life yet. But we'll see. We'll see yeah. how it goes. Um, yeah. So uh, I think I feel like 
that's a good place. Uh, would you, if you want to repeat, what were your uh, plugs again? Let everyone know where else they could go for your other music. And Yeah, you can give me a follow at Grace Baldridge on all social media. And if you are interested in listening to my very sad, creepy music, you can find it at Semler on any listening platform, Spotify, Apple Music. That's S-E-M-L-E-R. Great. Well, baby, baby, I hope one day she'll be acknowledged Like Reliant K fucking got my ass through college But would they hate us if they knew